1: This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens
2: Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 142 of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today?
3: I'm kind of... um... Well, like most Canadians, fans thrilled but bewildered. Yeah. How did this happen, anyway? Um, and it must be even more bewildering for you because mm-hmm. you were—I um, I should say—that you were you were not in the studio last weekend. No. Um, uh, Amy Johnson came in and filled in. Did a great job. Thank you to Amy Absolutely. for that. Uh, yeah. You were you were on a family vacation. You were uh, out in nature. You were. Mm-hmm. Um, Without any kind of implement to uh, connect you to society, yeah, and then you just come back into this. That and come Surprise, back surprise, yeah. Um, and and those pictures, seeing you out west, gallivanting around Western mm-hmm. Newfoundland, and <laughs> and appreciating the nature, the the, the yeah. nature of 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 grain, the nature of hops, the nature yeah. of yeast barley Um, uh, all of of it all of it yes (laughs) so cheers welcome back yeah it's great to be
2: back and as you said amy johnson last week uh doing as good a job as you would expect amy johnson to do considering she is very good at what she does so we were i i I felt very good leaving the uh the seat to amy johnson uh, to fill because she always does such a great job but, Rick, it is not often that I'm at a loss for words, uh, but the Montreal Canadiens have me at a loss for words, that they are in the Stanley Cup final, that this season, that as a, a Carey Price talked about how much of a roller coaster this kind of the season was, a lot of adversity for him, for the team, and yet they're in the Stanley Cup finals. This is, this is remarkable, Rick, and, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, quite something. Uh, when we planned the vacation, Uh, We did not think the Montreal Canadiens would still be kicking around in the playoffs. You
3: of little faith, I I don't understand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we we learned our lesson, and that that won't be the case next time. But but Rick, uh, that is happening. The Montreal Canadiens moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals. We're going to be getting to the fine details of how that happened in just a few moments from now. But Rick, as that is happening, Mm -hmm. the third round in the NBA is in full swing and the action increases from game to game, contenders vying for a spot in the finals. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes.
3: Listen, all you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games. Track your results through the evening and uh, that's that's it. It's as simple as that.
2: Questions will range from which team will hit the most three-pointers, which team will score first, stuff like that.
3: DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience.
2: Download the top-rated DraftKings app now, and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And Rick, THPN, the The Hockey Hockey... Podcast Network. It is. There we go. Our (laughs) dear friends,
3: and uh, we are an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and check out uh, their fine podcasts. Um, Maybe you're interested in in, uh, what the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning folks have Mm -hmm. to say about this upcoming um, uh, series, final series, um, or... Um, stick with us, or yeah. um, the press zone. Let's uh, let's yeah. uh, mention the press zone. Uh, who the press zone is? Our sister podcast uh, with the aforementioned Amy Johnson. I do that every Tuesday, and um, that podcast is um, usually focused on prospects. Uh, but um, you know, during the Stanley Cup Finals, it's it's basically how the prospects have. Uh, impacted. Uh, and and we know that the young players um, and that nice mix of, of veterans have uh, really impacted uh, the Canadian success so far.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you don't want to miss any episodes of the Press Zone podcast. That's a fine podcast every week with yourself and Amy Johnson. So Rick, uh, we should say we should we should tee up what we're going to talk about during this show. Uh, right. There's there's a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to be speaking about how the Montreal Canadiens got to this point in just a few moments. As I said, got some injury updates, got some uh, Habs prospect report. Uh, in in the second segment, we're going to be getting to the Stanley Cup Final because the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup Finals. This is a uh, yeah a strange year with two teams that would typically be in the same division matching up. For a Stanley Cup, but here we are. We're going to talk about it in segment number two, and Rick in segment three, the Have Your Say uh, segment. We are going to be getting to uh, some predictions for this series because you All know right. it's it's a fun time, especially with the Montreal Canadiens now in the Stanley Cup final. And Rick, I keep saying that. How did it happen? Let's get to that. So the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, games. Four, five, and six that were played earlier this week. Uh, When you and Amy Johnson were speaking, that was game three that had happened. Game four happened after that. And the Vegas Golden Knights, um, the series was, uh, after that game, uh, tied at two apiece after a game winner from Wah, And it felt that perhaps the clock was nearing midnight for the Montreal Canadiens heading back to Vegas. Uh, But then game five happened, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi opened the scoring early. Uh, The Canadians didn't look back. They got 26 saves on the night from Carey Price in that 4-1 victory. Then Game 6, back in Montreal, uh, the Habs got goals from Shea Weber and Cole Caulfield in regulation, but Vegas found the back of the net twice as well. OT was needed, and Arturi Lakinen provided the clutch game-winner. To send the Habs to the Stanley Cup Final, Carey Price with 37 saves on the night, he was as brilliant as ever, and the Montreal Canadiens are headed to the Stanley Cup Final. It's
3: it's it's crazy. It's really yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> that um, and and it's funny because. Um, uh, the Leafs fans are still very, very Ooh. upset. They're still yeah. mulling over that that first round uh, upset. Uh, but the Canadians were given no chance um, in the. Well, they were given no chance uh, against uh, any of the their Jets. their opponents, yeah. um, and particularly against Vegas, who was uh, tied for um, uh, the most points in 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 the season. Um, it was uh, Francois Gagnon. Um, who who we like and and who we've referenced on this program before, but he talked about the Canadians backing into the playoffs, and that's true. They had lost five straight and backed into the playoffs. But he said they used the front door uh, mm-hmm. to get into the Stanley Cup final, and I like that. And, and maybe we'll even update that to say they smashed down the door of uh, to get in in the Stanley Cup final because um, the the. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights were frustrated. If you if you oh, yeah. listen to the the uh, media availability after the series was over, uh, they were they were upset. They were they felt that they had the best team that they've had in years, uh, and that the Canadians certainly um, did everything they could to frustrate uh, what in their mind was uh, a, a better roster. Uh, but give credit to to um, the Canadians for playing their system, and give give credit to Carey Price, who uh, again uh, stole games, stole series, uh, and as he's done through the the playoffs. And and uh, I think there was only one game that the Canadians um, outshot uh, Vegas. Otherwise, uh, Vegas outshot out outchanced. Um, uh, Montreal threw out, and it was Carey Price uh, making one, um, and and uh, Francois Gagnon mentions this one miraculous save after after another, and uh, Carey Price used his magic to um, to make each of of uh, the players better on his team, uh, so that uh, the Canadians could do something they haven't done in 28 years, and that's get back to the Stanley Cup final.
2: Yeah, and, and you'd said it the. Vegas was frustrated and you know um, I keep going back to there's two things that I keep going back to one thing I keep going back to is game six against the Leafs in the first round where it felt like we were nearing a breaking point where even Carey Price was not going to be able to guide the Canadians to victory but he did the other thing that I've thought about numerous times uh, since Game 6 against Vegas is Max Pacioretty having a clear-cut opportunity. And he was one of the Vegas forwards. As much has been made about the Vegas forwards being uh, you know, uh, not not much of a factor in that series, Max Pacioretty was one of the guys that scored a goal, and it was actually a really nice goal beating Carey Price with a well-placed wrist shot. He had an opportunity to end that game in Game 6, and Carey Price was equal to the task, and, and he was on every other shot, including one just before Arturi Lekin and scored that game winner. So he has just been as brilliant as you, as you would expect him to be. He is, it's simply, and Rick, I think this leads kind of naturally into the fact that when I wrote my three stars of the week column last week, Kerry price was the guy that I chose as my first star because he's been brilliant. That was the, that was the word that I chose. That's the word that I'm going to go with. Now he has been absolutely brilliant. And you know, Every time that I come on the podcast to talk about the three stars of the week column that I do every week over at allhabs.net, comes out on Sundays. I, I, I explain why I think that guy was the first star of the week. And it's, it's nearing a point now where, where there's, just, there's no explanation required. It's Carey Price, because Carey Price, as you said, the Canadians are playing a system that is working. The backbone of that system, the reason why that system can be effective is because Carey Price is Carey Price.
3: The Canadians aren't um, creating much offense, um, and and uh, if you look back yeah, in, uh, you mentioned about your um, your three stars column, which comes out every Sunday. It's terrific. Uh, also, uh, lots of content on allhabs.net, and we have game yes, previews yeah. and game recaps. And in uh, my game recap, I, I mentioned uh, just how uh, overwhelming the the um, scoring chances uh, were 28 15 score and the scoring chances were um, now if Kerry Price isn't uh, isn't making uh, game saving uh, stops uh, as you said that that system uh, just doesn't work it just collapses yeah. and and so it's Kerry Price who's erasing the mistakes of, of his teammates um, you know uh, in 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 that game i i thought william carlson was dangerous uh yeah. in in the closing game um you know tuck uh th- seems to uh you know there's 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 uh, a guy who the canadians ne- don't necessarily have an answer for yet uh, uh he was he was neutralized by, by Carey price patcheretti yes he he didn't have a great series but he's got the kind of shot that uh, he only needs uh, one chance, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Price was was equal to that. Um, Mark Stone, not a great series, but had a couple of chances, and I think about him stepping out of the corner. And John Merrill, um, I don't know what he was doing, uh, watched uh, uh, Stone come out into the crease and, and yeah. just kind of waved at him with his stick, and Carey Price uh, shut off any, any kind of and, – and Stone put it wide – um, it, it, carry Price is, is, uh, you know, some, I think are, are saying, okay, enough carry Price. This is a team effort. Of course it is. Uh, yeah. the Canadians are getting contributions even from, uh, the coaching staff from, from, uh, the big four on defense, um, and, uh, and, and, and timely offense, uh, from both the veterans and, and, um, and young players, uh, but none of this works unless carry price is spectacular. And uh, and and that's what we've seen uh, so far.
2: There's a reason why this team has gotten where they where they are, and not the team in 2015 or 2017, 2014. Like there's a reason why this team is where they are, and it's because there has been support that has been provided to carry price that simply wasn't there in years past, but it's still carry price. That is that is I think the large point that needs to be understood here. That there can be contributions, but Carey Price is making uh, large, large contributions to everything that is going good for the Montreal Canadiens right now. And Rick, as you said, uh, your game recaps, all the wonderful content over at allhabs.net, but specifically the game recaps. We just talked about games fours, 4, 5, and 6 of that Vegas series. And yes, you have crafted the game recaps. For more comprehensive uh, game reviews, uh, you can head over to allhabs.net and Rick has those written out for you. And Rick, we will uh, move on to some roster news, some injury news, and we got some good news on the Jake Evans front. Uh, He has been cleared to play, which um, we remember, of course, the uh, the very scary uh, collision with uh, Mark Shifley and resulted in a concussion, but it's it's good to hear that he has recovered nicely from that.
3: Absolutely, and uh, cleared to play. Um, So now I, I guess you'd term him... Uh, certainly for Game 6 in in uh, the semifinals, was um, a healthy scratch. And where where uh, Jake Evans, we remember, was uh, performing quite well in place of Thomas Tatar on that checking line with Dano and Gallagher. Um, now that space is taken up by Arturi Lekanen, who has been a beast on that line. Yeah. Um, are you going to take off Arturi Lakenin, uh to reinsert Jake Evans? Of course, of course not, of course not. Um, so then, where does he go? Uh, you know, would it be the fourth line? And no, uh, Armia and Perry and Stahl uh, have been a force through the playoffs. Um, so it's it's getting it's going to be tough uh, yeah. for for Jake Evans to get in the lineup. That's nothing against Jake. Uh, I'm sure that he'll perform well uh, if he does get an opportunity, Uh, but it's just uh, the Canadians are in sync right now, uh, and the lines are are set and the lines are comfortable, and um, so uh, he's there uh, if he's needed, Um, but uh, and and is clear to play, but but won't get a a, you know won't be in the lineup right away. Uh, Don't expect him to uh, be in game one.
2: Yeah. And it was fortunate. There's the silver lining uh, from the Evans injury was that Arturi Lekhanen was ready to come back and hop right into that spot. And he's taken that and he hasn't looked back. Um, so you can say that if there were any other injuries that were to come up, you're fortunate. You have Jake Evans that can slide right back in there and you know what you're going to get from Jake. So that's a fortunate thing. Or if things just don't go the Habs way, you want to make a change, you have Jake Evans in your back pocket, which is a nice thing to have. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Rick, uh, we'll move on because this week, of course, and and yourself and Amy Johnson talked about it last week, the Dominic Ducharme uh, situation with the positive COVID test. He's been self-isolating at home uh, ever since. Uh, So, Rick, uh, Luke Richardson stepped in and, and done a fine job. But, yes, the Canadians interim head coach at home.
3: A really odd situation, you know, and and as we talked about last week, even more odd that it's happened um, in two consecutive years in the playoffs to the Canadians. Of course, Claude Julien uh, last year with his heart issues, Kirk Muller stepping in uh, this year, um, COVID um, struck uh, and uh, Ducharme with the the positive test, so he is isolating at home. Um, that uh, w- when we calculated it out, if, if he uh, isolated according to uh, both the federal uh, regulations and the NHL regulations, that would be 14 days. And, and um, it's, it's not an automatic thing. He still has to produce uh, negative tests in order to get in, back in the lineup. But we assumed that it would be uh, for game three of the final, that being July 2nd at that point. We didn't know that the Canadians would be yeah. part of it. Uh, now we do. Uh, so the Canadians will um, will head off to Tampa, uh, the Amelie Arena, where Games 1, uh, one and 2 will take place uh, starting on Monday. And then uh, Dom charm once the Canadians uh, return to Montreal, will be eligible uh, to return behind the bench on uh, for Game 3. Uh, As I said, the caveat being that he produces those uh, negative tests.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, it will be good to see Ducharme back behind the bench. And yeah, hopefully that happens, the negative tests, So we get to see that uh, before the end of the series. So Rick, uh, in other news, the Canadians have signed uh, Vice President John Sedgwick to a three-year contract extension.
3: Uh, maybe an unknown, uh, one of the more unknown uh, executives uh, in the ho- hockey operations department. But um, John Cedric is is VP of hockey operations and legal affairs. Uh, so he his specialization he focuses on contracts um, on any kind of um, um, you know situations related to the, the collective bargaining agreement with the players. Um so arbitration and and all of those kinds of things. Uh, but he was key uh, this past season because he's also the capologist or the person who looks yeah. after uh, the salary cap. And as we know, for the Canadians for the first time in a very long time, had cap issues. They had cap issues to start the season. Um, but they were kind of they were exacerbated by uh, some pickups. Uh, Ian Gustafson and and stall and and Merrill at the trade deadline, and so there was a lot of juggling that uh, John Cedric had to do to be cap compliant. Uh, some of those involved uh, putting Paul Byron on waivers, um, yeah. and um, and and also putting Corey Perry, early on putting yeah. Corey Perry on on waivers. And uh, another story, just a sidebar here, that came out this past week is that. Um, Uh, When Corey Perry was on waivers and Corey Perry, um, you know, he he hasn't been uh, uh, subject to waivers during his career, obviously, Um, didn't know what it was about. So he contacted his his agent and said, uh, give me the give me the lowdown on, on what happens with waivers. And when he heard that there was a chance that he could go to another team, he said, no, 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 no. The Canadians took a chance on me. Uh, I want to stay here. Uh, do whatever you have to do. So, his agent called three teams that um, that he thought might be interested in picking up uh, Corey Perry, and he and he said, "Listen, we're not we're not making any threats here. We're not." Uh, but um, Corey Perry isn't interested in moving from Montreal um, this season, and yeah. uh, and will probably not play um, if if he's yeah. picked up. Um, and he, the, the, his agent said that, that, uh, two of the teams, um, uh, that he contacted were readying themselves to put in a waiver claim for Corey Perry, uh, and because of the work of the agent, uh, said, okay, we'll respect his career, we'll respect his wishes, and, uh, we won't put in a waiver claim, um, th- what a what a blockbuster kind of yeah. story that would be, and and how the season um, would have played out differently, how the playoffs would have played out differently yeah. if Corey Perry had been lost on waivers. Uh, Mark Bergevan given a lot of credit for for bringing in Corey Perry, but let's credit Corey Perry uh, for saying no, I don't want to go anywhere else, and for the proactive work by his agent to go out and, and prevent him from being picked up anyway just a sidebar yeah. but, but back to John Sedgwick uh, Mark Bergevin didn't make a move uh, this this season without consulting John very uh, important part of the the uh, hockey operations team so he's locked in for another three years
2: yeah so that's that's good news there and uh, we remember you know a few years ago Mark Bergevin said you know math the cap, that, that's not his strong suit. So it's good to have somebody like that within the front office that, that, that does keep track of, of those things. <laughs> so, Rick, uh, I think we'll move on to a HABS prospect report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
2: So, Rick, uh, we'll begin with uh, forward Yannick Veilleux, who played for the Laval Rocket this past season. He has reportedly signed a two-year contract overseas.
3: Yeah, not confirmed by the team yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And this comes from uh, Anthony Marcotte, uh, who is the play-by-play broadcaster on 91.9 for the Laval Rocket. Um, His his indications are that... um, that uh, Veau will go to the, the German Elite League um, and sign with Esbara in Berlin. And, uh, and, and that seems about right. Uh, Yannick Veau is a great character guy to have on your team um, as, as the team is growing. And, and he became a protector for... Uh, he was a protector for Cole Caulfield uh, when <laughs> Cole, Cole Caulfield played his two games um, in the AHL. Uh, Yannick, the other part of his game, I mean, he's, he's as tough as nails, tough as it gets. Uh, he was suspended three times this past season, um, suspended for boarding, kneeing, uh, an obscene gesture. Um, so, uh, you know, his, his time was coming to an end in, in the AHL, and, and, uh, and it looks like he'll be uh, continuing his hockey career. Uh, but continuing, continuing it in Germany for the next year, as I said, that not confirmed, uh, yeah. but a pretty good source for that. Um, and uh, uh, w- perhaps we'll see in the, n- in the next week or so uh, that, uh, that story being reported widely.
2: Yeah. So, Rick, one forward that's not going to be uh, reportedly a part of the fold for the Laval Rocket next year. Another one has signed a contract. The Canadians have signed Laurent Dauphin to a one-year contract. Two way contract.
3: This is a big deal for Laurent the fan. Um, you know, there was uh, a lot of fuss about uh, the Canadians not having enough Quebecers uh, in, in uh, their lineup. Um, and, and they always point to the Laval rocket where uh, there are a number of players and Laurent the fan, not a prospect anymore. He's uh, an AHL veteran. He's best suited to play in the AHL or maybe the ECHL is his, his uh, foot speed is a little, In question, Um, but this is uh, this is an honor that he's been given um, a a contract by the Canadians, not by the Laval Rocket, and it's a one-year two-way contract. Um, And uh, so, I I think this is uh, this is the Canadians answering some of their critics um, that there there aren't enough uh, Quebecers in the organization.
2: Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, so that's a very interesting part of that that you pointed out there. It is the Canadian signing Dufan, so that'll be interesting. Um, Rick, uh, Joel Bouchard uh, reports state that he is unlikely to return as the head coach of the Laval Rocket next season. So that is a very interesting story there.
3: Um, now, if if the Canadians weren't um, you know knocking off the Vegas Golden Knights and and getting into the yeah. Stanley Cup final, this might have been a bigger story this week. Yeah. <laughs> again, this news this is this is not confirmed. This is uh, but it comes from Anthony Marcotte again, play by play broadcaster uh, for the Laval Rocket with 91.9 FM. He said that um, uh, he has strong indications that Joel Bouchard um, doesn't really or, or is unlikely to return to uh, the head coach, head coaching position. Um, that he's considering all of his options. Um, you know, he he got some the Canadian the uh, Laval Rocket had a great season, um, and uh, he got some attention. Uh, Joel Bouchard did. Uh, for he, the job that he's been doing, um, and we've seen, um, you know, AHL uh, coaches uh, being snapped up. Uh, Pascal Vincent was one, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and uh, this past week from the Manitoba Moose, um, and uh, this this is a possibility. Now, I think that um, it it also could be a way of negotiating, um, you know, letting this story leak out there. Uh, and w- we know that there, there were. Uh, Joe Bouchard is well liked by the fan base, and that uh, may put put some pressure on. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens uh, if um, if Mark Bergevin uh, then uh, once the Canadians are are done this season uh, puts uh, puts pen to paper and and uh, and keeps him within the organization in a different capacity. Um, you know, there was always the, the, um, the plan that, uh, they were grooming Ducharme to be the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. That happened. Uh, and the other, uh, grooming that was going on, the transition plan, the legacy was that, uh, someday Joel Bouchard, uh, would be the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Now, is that, is that day arrived? Is, is it, is, is that too soon? And, um, maybe we've also heard um and this is all just this is all just wild speculation but we've heard that uh that the the canadians should have a president of hockey operations so are the pieces in place now that you know we have mark bergevin uh, being moved into a president of hockey operations joel bouchard coming in uh, as a GM, or maybe just as as uh, you know one of his assistants or advisors? Do we have Alex yeah. Burroughs then going back to Laval? He likes working with young people, uh, and uh, to get more coaching experience as Laval's head coach. All of those, all of those uh, chess pieces are uh, seem to be in motion. and and uh, and and we're just, you know, following what uh, what the reporting is is uh, and the speculation from Anthony Marcotte, um, but there there seems to be it's it's not going to be a status quo uh, for the fall um, uh, for the Canadians organization.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all those pieces land uh, mm-hmm. heading out of uh, this. What's been, as you said, it's it's been a remarkable playoff ride that we've been on. So perhaps if that were not the case this would be something that'd be getting a, a bit more attention. So it's uh, very interesting to think about where all this might land. But Rick, we should say to our listeners, be sure to read the content at AHL.report and listen and subscribe to the press zone Montreal podcast, where I'm sure you and Amy Johnson are going to be touching on this very story uh, quite a bit For sure. <laughs> going forward. So it be uh, well worth it to uh, not miss an episode of the press zone podcast. Uh, Rick, uh, we'll move on because as you just alluded to, um, Mark Bergevin. <laughs> he uh, he unfortunately lost out to Lou Lamorello, who was named the winner of the Jim Gregory Award. And you and Amy Johnson had a discussion about that and the sort of the validity of Mark Bergevin's case for that award, uh, given the fact that the voting was extended uh, to be just after the second round. Um, and, you know, the Canadians have benefited immensely from the play of Carey Price and Kerry Price, I think you could say, has uh, done a lot for Mark Bergevin's job security. Uh, I don't know if we'll say, will we go as far to say that he saved his job? I don't really feel comfortable saying that, but Mark Bergevin's job is much more secure now than it was a month ago. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And, yeah. um, you know, the fans are caught up in the euphoria of the playoff run as they should be but mm-hmm. you know we it's it's not that long ago that um it it with, with the canadians finishing 18th uh after the regular season traditionally that would be out of the playoff picture um there was uh it, it was almost a certainty that uh dominic Ducharme would not have the interim tag removed uh, and be met, made Head coach, and there was there was certainly plenty of speculation uh, that uh, that Mark uh whether or not he would be uh, fired from his position, uh, it was we know that he has just one year left on on his contract, and, and the the scuttlebutt was that uh, that uh, uh, Jeff Molson would probably not re-sign him or or sign him to an extension. Uh, and let that next year play out and see how how it went, but now everything is completely reversed. Uh, yes, yeah. the the GM awards uh, voted on after the um, uh, the second round of the playoffs, and of course Mark Bergevin looks a whole lot in a much better light than he did at the end of the regular season. He he, he I mean, there's no question he wouldn't be. One of uh, one of the nominees, one of the finalists, if the voting had taken place at the end of the regular season., uh, but he's in a different position now. and mm-hmm. um, and has been been credited. and And it was Mark Bergevin who, uh, at the start of the season, really raised the expectations of of the fans of the media, of the hockey world. Uh, when, you know, it wasn't just, uh, well, you know, maybe we'll get into the playoffs and see what happens. He he said uh, that uh, the Canadians were here to win, they mean business, could play any way you want to. Those quotes have been um, yeah uh, played over and over and over again, but he really raised the expectations, and it seemed... That uh, those expectations were were not going to be met by the end of the regular season, but all that is completely turned around uh, in this magical playoff run.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, you can look at the off season that Mark Bergevan had, and bringing in Tyler Foley, making the trade for Josh Anderson, bringing in Corey Perry, as we talked about, as you mentioned. Um, They could have lost him on waivers, so Corey Perry deciding that he was going to be proactive about that was great and worked out well for the Montreal Canadiens. But, you know, those types of moves, even the Eric Stahl trade that didn't look like it was a very good move for the last 20 games of the regular season has turned out to be a good move. I mean, a lot of things look a lot better than they did at the end of the regular season. And uh, a lot of that needs to go to Kerry Price. It doesn't mean that the moves that Mark Bergevin made haven't been important. They very much have. They've, they've changed a lot of, you know, like I said, there's a reason this team is where they are and previous year's teams haven't gotten to this point. And, you know, the big four on defense, bringing in Joel Edmondson, that's that's proven to be a very good move. I mean, yeah, there, there's been a lot of good that was done by Mark Bergevin uh, before the season started. And then when things went off the rails, it just you, there there would have been no case for him to be executive of the year, and yet he was one of the three three finalists because it all happened.
3: And let's not let's not forget that uh, the the coaching uh, firings um, mm-hmm. were seen as de- a desperation move that that the, yeah. that because uh, Mark Bergeron had created these really high expectations for the team and. And the team started well, but then went, but then went off track. That uh, he was seen as a as a desperate uh, GM. Uh, maybe not in in uh, the Claude Julien firing, but I think the one that got everybody was the Stefan Waite firing because yeah. uh, Stefan Waite is so highly respected as a goalie coach because he had such a tight bond with Carey Price. That one was seen as as desperation, and added to that. Um that uh, Stefan Waite revealed that uh, uh, when Mark Bergevan came to him to deliver the news of his firing, uh, Mark Bergevan said, "Listen, um, if I don't do this, if we don't make the playoffs, uh, if Kerry Price doesn't carry us to a playoff position, um, I'm going to be next on the firing line. So that was seen as a, as a real act of desperation. Yeah. Um, and uh, and fortunately, Carey Price had a remarkable one of the best goaltenders in the uh, league. In March, uh, the Canadians accumulated their points, uh, and even though they fell at the, uh, they had a tough time um, towards the end of the season. They had uh, you know enough of a lead on Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa to to uh, uh, as we said back into the playoffs at that at that point.
2: Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, it it was that was the one. Yeah, that I think got everybody the Stefan Wade firing and there. yeah Like Carey price talked about it at the podium There was a lot of different things that happened this year that they could have spiraled out of control and the fact that they got to the playoffs and and mark bergeron said that they this was a team that he built for the playoffs and You know, it it happened that way and Kerry price provided the stable goaltending that allowed them to get through uh, but Rick, yeah, it, it's just remarkable to think about everything that transpired this past season uh, and and Mark Bergervan walking away as a nominee for the executive of the year and how quickly you know perception has sort of changed. And Mark Bergervan, you'd presume that contract extension might be <laughs> might be coming. The firing isn't coming. He's not next on the chopping block. he might be next to get an extension. So that is, uh, yeah, quite a bizarre sequence of events that's, that's transpired over the last few months. Uh, and, yeah.
3: And, and, the emotion of Mark Bergevin, the emotional yeah. <laughs> reaction to the, to the firing, uh, he was feeling cornered. Uh, he was feeling, um, you know, what, what happened? This team that I put together that, that on paper, I said was, 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 was uh, uh, built to win that was built for the playoffs. It was all crumbling and he reacted with emotion, but that, that emotion in a, in at the opposite end of the spectrum came out uh, when the Canadians won uh, and eliminated um, Vegas. And you saw um, Mark Bergevin in his lucky red suit, that lucky red suit that made its (laughs) first appearance in uh, well, not its first appearance ever, but, but got notoriety in the leaf series uh, and he was wearing it, uh, and it takes a lot of confidence to pull off a red suit. That's um, yeah. With his long flowing locks and, and his red suit, he was elated. He was mm-hmm. hugging players. He was kissing players with, with his mask. With his mask. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, th- truly embracing uh, every one of his players. Uh, you know, from the from the as they came. Uh, uh, After the handshake line, it was it was really something to see how much he is invested in this uh, in this group that he's put together.
2: Absolutely, and a little wink to carry price. Uh, that was uh, that was cool to see as well. and and yeah, I mean, you know, you could see on his face and even as they were getting a picture taken with the Clarence Campbell Bowl directing traffic, getting the guys that wore scratches into the picture as well. So I mean, you know, it was uh, it was quite the scene in uh, in the Bell Center after the uh, the horn had sounded after Arter luckin scored the game winning goal. And Rick, um, you know, in that excitement, right? It's it's easy to get sort of carried away when uh, when you're excited. And uh, Mark Bergevin, he was very excited, <laughs> and very. he said said a lot of things. Uh, some about Carey Price, some about Nick Suzuki, and some about Cole Caulfield.
3: Yeah, and this uh, he, Mark Bergevin did a an interview with TVR, and uh, this happened on on Friday, so. Uh, the day after the the yeah. uh, the the fun and and uh, first and foremost, Mark Bergevin said uh, that he was very proud of what the Canadians had been able to offer to the the people of Quebec, uh, and Canada for that matter. Um, yeah. I'll just add that in that um, you know, given the pandemic, given that people have been through some very difficult times, given that they've been uh, you know stuck in their homes. Uh, that, that he was very proud that uh, the Canadians were able to provide cheer uh, and something to look forward to, uh, to all hockey fans. Um, and, but he said, um, uh, listen, we were all pretty uh, euphoric uh, last night, but he said the, uh, the euphoria is over. Um, let me read his quote here. The euphoria of yesterday is already gone. Um, the the focus is still on the grand prize, the Holy Grail, the Stanley Cup. Uh, we've given ourselves a chance to play for those top honors, and right now we're back into business mode. Um, and um, you know that's that's something that uh, that Luke Richardson has done a great job in saying that um, uh, you know we're, the 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 team is focused one one game at a time that that they're in business mode. Uh, that um, Luke Richardson and 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 that with the help of, of Corey Perry and and uh, Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, as we talked about last week was given the opportunity to talk about um, you know his perspective on the season. He said, "No, we're we're focused on the next game." Uh, Shea Weber did exactly the same thing uh, on Friday. Was given an oppor- or on Thursday night was given an opportunity uh, to talk about the journey. And, and he said, no, um, this is, we're in business mode. And I think that's what, uh, before Mark Bergevin talked about the players, first and foremost, he talked about, uh, you know, calming down from, from, uh, being the emotional GM the night before and, uh, and, and, and focusing on the task that was coming up next.
2: Yeah, and it's it's quite a task. <laughs> Absolutely, it's gonna be quite a task. Uh, so that'll be uh, very very interesting there to see how things go. But yeah, Rick, it was in that there's the players sort of downplaying, uh, and, and even you know Mark Bergervan saying that we haven't we haven't done what we can what we set out to do just yet. But there's also a little bit of uh, of excitement that came out as well. <laughs>
3: And this is the part that that was I I found bizarre I, I found uh, you know interesting, uh, but uh, for Mark Bergevin to say no we're in business mode we're not going to speculate we're we're going to keep the focus, and then he went way <laughs> and he, he, he started to dream a little and and started uh, his his own personal uh, thoughts came out and and he said that um, uh, first and foremost that. If he's happy for anyone on the team, uh, he's happy for Carey Price because he feels that uh, he and Carey have a special bond, Um, and of course they do. Um, You know, Carey Price wasn't uh, wasn't a a guy that was brought to the team by by Mark Bergevin. But uh, Carey Price was was the the, the player who um, Mark Bergevin signed the big big contract to ensure that he stayed with uh, with the team, um, and he, then he spoke about uh, the kind of criticism that Kerry uh, Price has has received, and we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Uh, it's 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 not uh, it's not fair. It's not correct, uh, but that he's uh, he's received it. And uh, Mark Bergevin said about the criticism, it's hard to explain. In Quebec, we have fans who are passionate. And passion often arouses emotions. Uh, you can be angry, and he's talking about uh, you can be angry about the Canadians uh, and, and the being frustrated that they haven't made it uh, you know further than they have. You take it out on players. Uh, sometimes uh, they attack the coach, sometimes they attack the the GM, but most often they take it out on Kerry. Um, and seeing where we are now, says Bergevin, it warms my heart for Kerry because he's often been criticized. I'm going to die with Kerry Price. Today, I think the whole of Quebec has understood what Kerry Price is. He's, he's saying that Kerry Price has been... Uh, misunderstood or or you know his role for the team. Uh, but uh, you know, it's pretty clear that that Mark Bergevin understands that Kerry Price has provided all the success that he has enjoyed as a general manager. Um, and uh, he he finished up, Bergevin did by saying, I feel like I'm his protector. Uh, so he's going to go, <laughs> uh <laughs> carrie price and and he are they have a special bond uh he, he's going to die with them meaning he's going to go to the end with carrie price um not like you know uh, uh the the silliness that we heard send carrie price uh, to, um, seattle. Uh, to seattle all this kind yeah. of stuff <laughs> um so i i thought that all of these and and, and there's more to come but with there's respect th- with more. respect to carrie price I thought this was a remarkable reveal of of the general manager's uh, inner feelings uh, about the bond and about the 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 recognition that he has that Carey Price is the is the Montreal Canadiens. He is the franchise player.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's just good you know, even after just making the Stanley Cup Finals, it was good to see people give that recognition to Carey Price. And it's good to hear the general manager give that recognition to Carey Price because, you know, in that spot, you could, you know, you could expect that Mark Bergevin would say, well, look at how great the fourth line's playing. Those were, you know, guys that I brought in before the season started in a mid-season trade and things have all worked out great because I made some good moves. But, you know, to take the time to say stuff like that about, the guy who is the reason the Montreal Canadiens have gotten this far, and to uh, explain his stance and his innermost feelings, I think that was that was quite the uh, quite the move from Mark Bergervan. Now, what is to come? <laughs> what there still is to
3: left to unpack? Uh, a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> so there's there's comments on Nick Suzuki. We'll get to those in a minute. But his partner in crime, Cole Caulfield. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Bergervan talked about Cole. And says personally, I knew uh, he was good, and, and that was because w- we saw at the draft Mark Bergerman wasn't involved in, in uh, selecting Cole Caulfield, it was Trevor Timmons that pushed for yeah. it, it was um, uh, Shane Churla that then said, Yes, let's take him. Um, and uh, so, it, and Mark Bergerman said, Okay, if you say so. Um, but uh, now that he's he's uh, been primed about uh, Cole Caulf- Caulfield, he said, personally, I knew he, he was good and that he would uh, eventually be successful. But it's happened sooner than I thought. Um, I didn't know he would make such an impact. I would be a liar to say that. I believed in him, but so quickly. Um, and uh, so... This the 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 impact that Cole Caulfield has has been a, a huge surprise for even the general manager uh, that um, this this amazing season that he's had to go from NCAA hockey uh, appearance in the World Juniors, a Hobie Baker Award, um, and uh, and and then uh, a, uh, you know a, a, a splash in the AHL, uh, scoring his, his first two goals and then uh, 10 games in the NHL, and then uh, to score four goals all in the last series uh, in in the playoffs. Um, Even Marc Bergevin is surprised about that. But then Marc Bergevin took one more step about Cole Caulfield and said, "Um, yesterday I watched his press conference with Phil Deneau. I think he understands French, (laughs) said Marc. (laughs) And... Um, in two years, I believe that uh, Caulfield will be doing uh, fluent interviews in French. Okay, there's a prediction for you mm. um, that he will be speaking French before uh, very long. And with, with uh, Nick Suzuki, I believe that they will play together for a minimum of 15 years. Um, so, wow, there's...
2: That's wow. <laughs> there,
3: there are... Uh, again, uh, these are the inner thoughts of, of Mark Bergevin, uh, and, and kind of a surprise uh, when everybody else is focused on business on, on the next game, uh, but obviously he is, um, his excitement level is off the charts right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just expecting those guys to be uh, Corey Perry and Eric Stahl in 15 years, 36 and 35 years old, out there doing what they're doing. But uh, yeah, um, that's that's a lot of it's a lot of high praise, and it, and it kept going for uh, Nick Suzuki. It did. Yeah. Um,
3: he said, <laughs> Nick Suzuki for me. Nick Suzuki is the one who will replace Shea Weber as our captain. Okay, you don't usually say that when you yeah. when you have a captain already, uh, and I say this, says Bergervan, because I compare him to Steve Iserman and Joe Sakic. Wow! Uh, yeah, that's, that's mm. my goodness.
2: Uh, <laughs> no pressure, kid.
3: No, really, uh, uh, that that's high praise indeed. And um, but. N- if if um, we thought at the beginning of the season he had uh, high expectations for the team, he certainly has expectations <laughs> for uh, mm. even his young players as well.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with the point about maybe Nick Suzuki could be a, a future captain. Uh, the comparisons, eh, a little, maybe a little bit, but you know I don't disagree with the point overall. But to say it. Out loud. Uh, you know, I don't know if I quite agree with that, but hey, he's he's excited. His team just qualified for a Stanley Cup final appearance. So um, I guess you let him take his victory lap and uh, and say what's on his mind. But uh, yeah, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure in those mm-hmm. comments. Uh, so Rick, we'll move on to some playoff news and notes. So heading into this Stanley Cup finals, games one and two going to be down at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Uh, and Rick, the Canadians again are going to be headed into the lion's den, so to speak. They are not going to have the advantage in terms of the number of the capacity uh, crowd that that they will be able to have at the Bell Center in comparison to what they will have at Amelie Arena.
3: That's true, and and it was a similar situation um, going down into T-Mobile Arena uh, yeah. in in Vegas. Um, we, we don't know. I know that there's been some, some increased pressure, uh, but it doesn't appear that, uh, for games three and four that, uh, uh, the Bell Center will be, uh, able to be filled with any more than 3,500, uh, as it has been, uh, in, um, uh, the Amelie arena. Uh, it isn't the 18,000 T-Mobile. It was 14,800 that it's capped at. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they were raucous last night, and uh, yeah. in fact, John Cooper uh, said about the game seven uh, that Tampa play, Tampa played against uh, uh, the Islanders. He said that was the loudest building he's been in. Uh, it was. It was, uh, and it started right when when Kucherov was. Uh, his because there was some question about whether Kucherov would play last night. Yeah, uh, They started chanting as soon as the, the lineup started appearing on the, uh, the, the video screen. Um, it, was, it was very loud in Emily Arena. The Canadians will have to deal with that. And, uh, and it looks like uh, that uh, they'll be capped at uh, 3,500 in the Bells, unless there's a, a change between now and then.
2: Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic uh, with this Stanley Cup Finals. Um, Rick, one other thing the Canadians had to deal with uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights series uh, was the officiating in uh, Games 3 and 4. And the officiating in the NHL playoffs as a whole has sort of been under the microscope. In particular, uh, the work of Chris Lee and Dan O'Rourke. And yeah, Rick, it was... Um, it was a it was an interesting night for games three uh, interesting nights plural for games three and four and uh, for Chris Lee and Dan O'Rourke then to be transferred over to the Lightning and Islanders series and the cross check from Mayfield that happened right in front of Chris Lee no call uh, on Nikita Kucherov that was why there was you know uh, some questions about whether he would play in Game Seven at all. Uh, Rick, playoff officiating has been under the microscope here.
3: And, and let's let's preface this by saying, put it in context. That mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's lots of opportunity to criticize. Um, and there, there was there was a there's a, a, a fellow that that used to be part of our Rocket Sports team here. Who complained about officiating on every call, every call against yeah, the Canadians. Every, and, and every it, that one. just gets that just gets stale. That just gets old. It just gets boring uh, because it's not. and and I'm of the opinion. you know, go back through my game recaps. You're not gonna find um, any any complaining uh, or or much about the officiating because I'm kind of, of the the belief that it kind of, you know, evens uh, itself out, except. Games three and four were um, were horrible. The officiating was yeah. atrocious, um, and that was the 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 Chris Lee, uh, Dan O'Rourke, uh pairing that that you mentioned. It was so bad in in uh, game three that uh, you had national broadcasters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, criticizing, which which doesn't happen either. And the, the the league was, um, I think they were negligent by not, and and there was some, uh, you know, wee, feeble attempt to say, well, you know, we can't rush in because of, uh, officials because of uh, the COVID bubble and all that kind of stuff. But, but they had other officials come in uh, after that um, uh, anyway I, I, for game six. Um, uh, so I, I thought that was, that was very weak on, on, the the part of the league. Um, it, the officiating overall, uh, not only the, I mean, at its worst in games three and four, uh, and you even had, uh, Nick Suzuki's mom, um, yeah. yep. <laughs> she tweeted, <laughs> there are so many things I really want to say right now. And, and yeah. included the picture of of um, uh, Braden McNabb punching Nick Suzuki in the face with Chris Lee, his yeah. eyes fixed on it and doing nothing. Um, but they got so much. And, and the thing is, there were eight f- officials picked for the the semifinals. And in the league's eyes, that means that Chris Lee is one of the, the best officials. Yeah. In, and, and that's utter nonsense. And we know that to be utter nonsense. Um, the curious part for me is Wes McCauley. Um, yeah. Wes McCauley, um, it, I, I'd say the consensus, consensus uh, best official in uh, the National Hockey League, nowhere to be seen for uh, the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, now, and you know the, the the National Hockey League has has not has refused to. Uh, to comment on uh, we know he was sent home uh, we don't know if he's injured we don't know if he's if it's COVID related uh, yeah. but where's Wes McCauley been uh, not in, in the semis will he be in the finals um, you know I thought that that Kelly uh, Sutherland and, and Eric Furland um, after the debacle of games three and four they did a great job in yeah. game five in Vegas and did a very good job in, in Montreal in game six Um uh, so we're not we're not critical of all the officials. Um, and even in game seven, it was it was Chris Lee who was only the the standby officials, and it was Francis Sharon yeah. uh, and Gord Dwyer. Uh so but but the league has to be accountable with respect to officiating and and uh, uh, something's going to have to change uh, for the the league to retain the integrity uh, that they want the officials to have,
2: yeah, because. Games three and four, especially game four, because games game three, I think there was sort of a an escalation period. But game four was where it really culminated. And it was with Nick Suzuki getting that punch to the face. And there no there was no call. And, you know, you had you had uh, Craig Simpson, as you said, the national broadcast, you know, Craig Simpson doesn't really doesn't really you know uh, criticize a whole lot (laughs) and so when he even had said that this game was getting out of control that the officials have let this game get out of control that's when you knew that it was getting a little bit ridiculous and yeah as you said I think Sutherland and Furlat did a fine job in games uh, five and six of that series but it was the Tampa Bay Lightning who were at the expense of that because Chris Lee was then over in that series not calling penalties which is his job. It's what he's supposed to do uh so rick we will uh, we'll take a break here on the canadians connection podcast when we come back we have the stanley cup final to tee up we'll talk about all the angles of this series after a quick break stay with us here on the canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio
1: rocket sports media is currently recruiting talented motivated and committed people to join our team if you're a student wishing to gain experience A young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
2: And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, Rick, this is not a spot that I think we thought we would be in. Teeing up a Stanley Cup Finals with the Montreal Canadiens included. And not only that. The Montreal Canadiens in a Stanley Cup Finals also waiting on who their opponent would be, waiting to find out their opponent coming out of that Tampa Bay-New York Islanders series that concluded last night. So the Canadiens clinched the spot first and were waiting on either the defending champions or the New York Islanders. Uh, And Rick, uh, they end up getting the defending champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning, who... You know, everyone wants to talk about the uh, you know the, the cap circumvention that was that was done, but hey, everyone did it this year. Everyone was trying to find a way to to cut a couple corners and manipulate the cap in whatever way they could, as we talked about with John Sedgwick. That's why he was so important. So here you have a truly uh, Cinderella story and you have the absolute juggernaut of the league, the defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. and Rick, there's a lot to unpack with this series and and sort of reminiscent to the last time that we did this with the vegas golden knights there's you know a player on the opposition that was traded by the montreal Canadiens to who they will play like there's there's fascinating elements of this of this series that we can get into if we have time but i think the larger point here is that the montreal Canadiens are four wins away from a stanley cup it just so happens that they have to beat the defending champions to get there
3: <laughs> two players that were <laughs> traded oh yes yeah. uh, but and yeah we'll t- we'll talk about that in yeah, a minute yeah. but um <laughs> yes and and um as i said the canadians um you, you know are are, are going to be the underdog again they're 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 facing uh one of the league's powerhouse teams one of the the supreme offenses in, in uh, the National Hockey League. They were facing the, uh, as you said, the defending champions. Um, but the Canadians, as we said earlier, they, they didn't, as they did in the uh, I- getting into the playoffs, they didn't back into this. They came through the front door and uh, since trailing um, the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, trailing three to one in that first round series, the Canadians have gone 11 and two. Um, and as you said, there was a lot of uh, narratives. There was a lot of storylines uh, in that semifinal series. Um, and um, uh, I, I think that the Canadians have came out on, on uh, the top uh, in all of those storylines. There was the, the uh, matchup that was being played, uh, Suzuki versus Pacioretty. Um, and because of, as you said, the trade that had, that had happened... Um has Petraetti been uh, fabulous for the Golden Knights and everything they wanted and helped them uh, you know throughout their playoff runs? Absolutely. Was Nick Suzuki at his young age uh, the better uh, player, the better forward uh, in in the semifinal series? No question. Uh, Nick Suzuki, yeah. Uh, was uh, was fabulous in the series. The other one that was was really talked up, and I noticed the, the narrative has completely disappeared, uh, but particularly among uh, the French media in Montreal, it was Carey Price versus Marc-Andre Fleury, and putting it to the point of who is going to be, who's going to uh, emerge as the best goaltender in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and since Carey Price won that, hands down... Hands yeah. down, in fact, he vanquished. And, and I don't buy the honestly, I don't buy the goaltender versus goaltender matchup. Uh, goaltenders face, face the shooters, face the skaters. Uh, but if you're going to frame it like that, um, you know, Flurry lost three straights. Uh, and, and the reason that he lost the net, he had in those losses a 285 um, uh, goals against and an 880 uh, save percentage price uh was remarkable in the series um absolutely remarkable uh 944 say percentage in the series um and 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 carrie price not only had to defeat one goaltender but but two uh yeah and robin lenner as well again i i don't buy into that but <laughs> if if you're you're following that narrative uh that's how it went um you know the 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 uh they talked about the 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 back end of of Vegas the Vegas being the most defensive team in in the National Hockey League during the regular season um and and it was the Canadians defense uh Luke Richardson called them the 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 uh the big four or he called them the Clydesdales uh yeah. that that uh, the Canadians uh, unfortunately you know with all the good things that uh, Mark Bergevin did, what he didn't do was provide any kind of depth on on defense. Uh, he brought in defensemen, but not defensemen that that can be trusted. And uh, it's the Clydesdales, as Richardson said, um, who absolutely helped with Price shut down the the potent offense of, of the Vegas Golden Knights. So. Uh, all of those narratives came out on on the Canadians end, and um, they're going to have to happen again just that way for the Canadians to uh, get their twenty fifth uh, Stanley Cup. And my goodness, that I, I I can't even say those words. That's the yeah. first time I've said them, <laughs> and, and they feel they feel funny to to say them. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, uh, well we we've got a breakdown uh, of uh, of this series. Um, of uh, the Stanley Cup final, uh, but it it seems that the Canadians, um, they they pushed all the right buttons, including Luke Richardson, in in a very Mm -hmm. difficult situation for the semifinals.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And Luke Richardson did a phenomenal job stepping into that. And as you know, as you said, with Kirk Muller last year, that wasn't an easy situation for Kirk to step into. This wasn't an easy situation for Luke to step into. And uh, they get full marks for their efforts because, yeah, not not an easy thing to do. But but yeah, Rick, it's it's going to be a tall order for the Montreal Canadiens um, to beat, you know, Everyone thought that Vegas was going to just be too much. That they were just going to have too much firepower, their defense, their you know the goaltending. It felt like perhaps with two goaltenders that could step in and provide, you know, with Flurry being a Vesna candidate and with Leonard being a guy that was relied upon last year, it felt like this might be a team that would have been able to uh, to match up with Kerry Price a little bit better on paper. But it didn't turn out that way. So with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who have all the firepower in the world? Have you know depth, <laughs> incredible depth. We knew we talked about Vegas's depth heading into that semifinal series. The Tampa Bay Lightning, um, they're they're top heavy in their scoring, but their depth is just insane. <laughs> they just have so many good players playing throughout that lineup, and it sort of gets lost in the fact that you have Nikita Kucherov, Brayden Point, Alex Kalorin, and Steven Stamkos lighting it up. But they have so many key contributors on that team, but Rick, it's ultimately going to fall back as it always has, as it always has throughout this playoff run. The Canadians have faced high powered offenses and they've managed to come out the other side.
3: Yeah, and and so we're at the point now um, that uh, l- we have some clips here to play um, a- as well. Uh, we're going to go through, as we did with the the, the Vegas uh, series, talk about uh, each area: the offense, the defense, the goaltending, special teams, coaching, intangibles, um, and uh, and and try to to break this whole series down for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So. Where's this series going to be won for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, it starts with the four Clydesdales, as as Luke Richardson said, and the play of Carey Price. So let's hear uh, from those, from Shea Weber and
3: from Carey Price. I'm excited, just like I was excited to play uh, every game in this playoff so far. It's uh, Whether you're 20 or 35, it's an exciting time and to still be playing hockey and uh into july now i think uh it's probably the, the longest time uh anyone's played in in there minus the the bubble last year so uh we're happy to to still be playing and uh we're excited going forward uh, often criticized is uh is shea weber for his lack yeah. of emotion often criticized is cary price uh that he's aloof that he doesn't care that that's utter nonsense uh these are these are guys that um that the entire team looks to uh, and it's uh, their their calm approach uh, uh, brings stability to the team uh, they know that uh, they 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 understand their their role um, and they understand that they have to maintain their their focus uh, but just because they don't um, often uh, outwardly show uh, emotion it doesn't mean it isn't there and we saw in uh, game six against Vegas. Uh, uh, Shea Weber just said, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 35, you're still excited. Uh, we saw him celebrate, like I haven't seen him celebrate uh, before in that goal that uh, the uh, the Alex Martinez, a stick bro giveaway, the, the blast, yeah. the absolute rocket uh, for Shea Weber. He celebrated with a couple of fist pumps that we, we don't usually see. Um, and Carry Price, at the end of the game, um, you know, he he put his hands to his head as if he he couldn't believe uh, yeah. what was happening. He was obviously very emotional, celebrating with his teams, uh, celebrating with, uh, you know, we saw uh, as we talked about, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, yeah. embracing him, and then looking up and and waving to um, his family. Uh, Angela and uh, and Millie, who happened to be asleep for the overtime goal, uh, <laughs> but this is obviously um, uh, just because it, uh, you know, it isn't obvious. Uh, these uh, these are two guys who are very excited to be where they are.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, those are two guys that have had long careers, long successful careers, have not gotten to this point yet. So you have to imagine that they are entirely uh, excited about this, even though they might not uh, show it uh, in, in media availabilities or whatnot, but yeah, so there's Shea Weber and, and Carey price as well. I'm excited for those, uh,
0: those that were lucky enough to be in the building. You know, everybody in the city is obviously ecstatic. You know, it's a, it's a fun time to be, uh, to be in Montreal right now.
3: And I think Carey price uh, knows that uh, this extends well beyond the players uh, for Shea Weber, he said it's fun to play in July. Nobody's, And he got a laugh out of, of Carey Price when he said that. It's it's uh, uh, probably the latest into the summer that uh, teams have played. Um, but Carey Price is also looking at it from a fan perspective, that he knows that uh, it's exciting for the, uh, the fans who are in the building, the fans who are outside the building, the fans in... Yeah. Uh, he said it's a fun time to be in Montreal, and I'm sure he knows that the support for the Canadians uh, extends well beyond, uh, as as we've seen. Uh, you know, our our uh, social media, the, the interactions from uh, every every uh, province, from every state, from every country, it's been uh, incredible. So Carey Price is uh, uh, there's there's a nod there towards the fans as well.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and yeah, it's uh, It's an exciting time to be uh, a Montreal Canadiens fan, that's for sure, and Carey Price has got a lot to do with that. Um, so, Rick, on the opposite end uh, of the spectrum, you have the defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, who, um, you know, they clinched their spot last night after that tough series with the Islanders, and, uh, you know, they've they've been in this spot before, so you have to imagine that they are going to approach this very business-like. I understand, you know, the Montreal Canadiens are looking at it that way too, but when you've just had that recent experience of, of lifting the Stanley Cup, I mean, there's a little bit more, you know, perhaps a bit more weight to what they're saying right now. Um, and, and what exactly are they thinking in this spot with a team that they probably didn't think that they'd be facing in this spot?
3: <laughs> For sure. Um, this is, uh, you, you mentioned, these are our, player, uh, our teams from the same division. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a little awkward uh, after the the rivalry that's built up through this uh, playoff uh, uh, Stanley Cup final. It's going to be awkward facing them uh, next season in the regular season mm-hmm. as the divisions go back to um, to the way they 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 were. Um, but let's take a few minutes before we get to uh, and and we'll play some clips from uh, from uh, the Tampa side. Um, but but let's open this by by just looking at these two teams, yeah, uh, and uh, and 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 how they match up uh, by category.
2: Yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, when you look at it offensively from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I mean, when you look at it in the regular season, this was a team that was you know uh, in the upper echelon. They were eighth in goals for, sixth in goals against. Whereas the Montreal Canadiens, you contrast that. They were very much middle of the pack with 17th in goals for and uh, 16th or 18th, excuse me, in in goals against. So this is not a matchup that I think anybody really envisioned happening. But once you get into the playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens, they found a way to be successful. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, they should probably have the advantage when it comes to forwards, when it comes to offense. Because when you look at the top 10 scorers in the playoffs it's littered with tampa bay lightning (laughs) they are all over the place and even if you open to the top 11 and you say okay well nick suzuki is 11th in playoff scoring the canadians have two guys in the top 11 the tampa bay lightning have five if my math is correct one two three yep five guys five guys in the top 11 are tampa bay lightning forward or skaters excuse me so when it comes to the offense, I think you might expect that the Tampa Bay Lightning have a little bit of an advantage heading into this series.
3: Yeah. And there's no question there. And, and uh, in the playoffs, uh, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, the average goals per game, 3.35, that's uh, way in advance of, of the Canadians mm-hmm. that are, are <laughs> about 2.5. And, and uh, uh you know, as as you mentioned, um, th- those those top two lines are pretty scary. Uh, but I think uh, the the overall depth. You look at uh, the the Canadians. I think uh, against um, uh, Vegas, uh, won the 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 third line battle was won by by the Canadians. They're going to have mm-hmm. faced a pretty tough test. That third line of uh, Tampa with Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord scored a shorthanded. Goal, the only goal of, of game seven, uh, the game winner, uh, Yanni Gord, being, uh, looking forward to being a Quebec native and looking forward to playing against the Canadians, his favorite team growing up, uh, flanked by uh, those free agent or those uh, 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 trade deadline acquisitions from the previous year, uh, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. Uh, that's a pretty good third line uh, following. Yeah. You know the the Stamkos and and Braden Point and Kucherov and Platte and Killorn. and uh, that's that's a pretty balanced uh, uh, lineup that uh, that uh, are going to come out for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So offensively, um, the the Canadians are going to have their hands full uh, shutting down that group.
2: Yeah, and it's it's going to be a tall order for those Clydesdales, those top four defensemen, to try to have to contain. Uh, Those guys and then also Where do you buy minutes for Eric Gustafson and John Merrill if you're playing these guys like there's nowhere to hide Like the the Tampa Bay Lightning just have way too much firepower to afford to play those guys, you know uh, An abundance. I mean you're only getting five minutes from Eric Gustafson even strength anyways But still it's going to be a tall task to try to buy those guys some minutes and get the top four some rest
3: it's uh, it's scary because, yeah. as you said, the 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 burden that's been placed on those four defensemen. Um, Gustafsson in Game Six. Uh, let's look at it. Um, he had two minutes and fifty six seconds of even strength ice time. Wow. Two minutes and fifty six. D- <laughs> d- don't ask me to explain the the whole Aleza- Alexander Romanov thing because I can't. I don't get it. Um, two minutes and 56 seconds for Eric Gustafson over the entire game, two minutes and 35 seconds uh, on the power play, and he recorded no events. What do I mean by that? No points, no shots, no hits, no blocks, nothing. He recorded nothing in, in two minutes and 56 seconds, even strength, two minutes, 35 seconds on the power play. I don't get it. And, and the, the, the more difficult part of that is that uh, the burden it, it places on the others. We talked about John Merrill just, or I mentioned him briefly. Um, you know, his, his uh, average ice time, I think, is, um, is, is a little bit higher. But even strength ice time in Game 6 was 7.55. Still, um, you look at, at the other side, the defensive pairings um, with, um, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, you have David Savard being, you know, at at, yeah. at the bottom of the barrel kind of thing, <laughs> um, and David Savard was looked at as as a, you know the Canadians should be looking at a David Savard. Well, Tampa went out and got him. Plays their third pairing. Plays I don't know fourteen minutes a game or so, uh, but that takes the 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 burden off of uh, a, a headman who's playing. Uh, Low 20 minutes, not the high 20 minutes uh, that a Sherratt or a Weber are playing. Yeah, Uh, Jan Ruda, um, uh, Ryan McDonough, Eric Chernak, uh, Mikhail Sergachev. And as we we kind of hinted at, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, ninth pick overall for uh, the Montreal Canadiens and inexplicably shipped out when they had a need for uh, him with Markov retiring. And the, the the trade for Jonathan Drouin, um who's who's not going to be contributing during this final. Ryan McDonough, another disastrous trade for the the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens, um, and and those two are key pieces along with Hedman of the uh, the Tampa Bay uh, back end.
2: Yeah, and the Canadiens just faced an opponent that that had a good yep. back end, and Alex Petrangelo was fantastic uh, in was. that series, but. It's gonna to get tough because the Tampa Bay Lightning, even more balanced up front on the back end. And then you go to goaltending. And and Rick, I know you said that you don't like to do the to frame it as goaltender versus goaltender because they don't face each other, they face the shooters. But but this is an interesting one here. You have Andre Vasilevsky, who, when you talked about the NHLPA player poll last week, you and Amy Johnson, consensus best goaltender in the NHL, when in years past it's been framed as which goaltender would you most like to have behind you for a game seven? It's been Carey Price. So you have this interesting sort of dynamic at play here. And Carey Price was in, in the in the conversation for the best goaltender in the league in the NHLPA player poll. I shouldn't say that, or I don't mean to insinuate that he wasn't. But Andre Vasilevsky has sort of taken that mantle. But this matchup is is going to be an interesting one to watch. And Price has already come out the other end of matchups with the likes of Connor Hellebuck. And Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard in the Vegas series. So this is an interesting one here.
3: And if you look at it, the um uh, the, the 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 stats are very, very close uh between yeah. the, the two goaltenders, um uh, whether it's say percentage, goals against, um, all of that. Um uh, Vasilevsky, I, I you know, if there's anything to look at, Vasilevsky has played uh, more um, yes. the most minutes uh, of any goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, there's not much behind him. If if um, you know there's a problem there, if there's fatigue, uh, but he doesn't look like the kind of goaltender. I mean, uh, he he he's played a lot of minutes, but he hasn't necessarily had a lot of, a lot to do, and and certainly uh, didn't last night uh, in in Game Seven. Uh, the the Islanders just were generating next to nothing in terms of shots and scoring chances. So uh, Vasilevsky has has been able to to pace himself that way. Um, but at this point, on paper, that matchup looks to be kind of uh, relatively even.
2: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's within a hair. And, and it goals against save percentage. I mean, they're they're incredible goaltenders. So that's going to be a fun. Uh, Matchup, Fun to watch those two go to work in this series. Um, So, Rick, I think special teams is where it gets interesting because it's been well documented. The Montreal Canadiens penalty kill has been very, very good. Carey Price has had a lot to do with that. Uh, Also, I mean, uh, Vegas just did not have a a very good puck movement on their power play. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning, there's a lot of weapons there. That it feels like the Montreal Canadiens are going to have their hands full uh, if they take any penalties at all.
3: Yeah, this is um, this is tough. And and listen, we we talked about Carey Price, uh, his his save percentage on the penalty kill uh, has soared, and he's way above any other goaltender in in the playoffs, uh, and has been a big part of of the streak uh, in that the Canadiens have been able to uh set records for their penalty kill going back to the 1930s, um, the, the number of consecutive games now that they've gone, uh, but uh, the w- without allowing a goal. Uh, but the the uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights their their penalty kill was not only a problem uh, was not only shut down by the Canadians, they had had a problem with their their penalty kill or sorry, with their power play during the playoffs. Yeah. It was um, 9%, something like that uh, during the playoffs. They had a, a problem with their power play during the regular season, which is kind of odd given the, uh, the talent, uh, the skilled players that they have. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are having no such problems. No. They're scary. <laughs> they, their temp, yeah. their uh, power play scares the life out of me. Which is uh, cruising along right now at thirty seven point seven percent, ridiculous number, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as Carrie, as uh, Corey Perry said uh, today during the media availability, we need to stay out of the box.
2: Mm-hmm. And and look, I mean, the Leafs in, in the first round they had issues with their power play during the regular season and in in the first round as well. They've had some issues, uh, you know. So the Canadians have run into teams that have had those types of problems you wouldn't think that they would have them but they did so uh the canadians have benefited from that so with the tampa bay lightning uh with the one timer from steven stamkos and then kucherov point had like there are a lot of options here there's a lot of ways that they can apply the dagger so it is going to be of the utmost importance for the montreal canadians to stay out of the box as Corey perry said um rick so moving on coaching you have John Cooper who was the head coach of course last year when the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup one of the best coaches in the league and on the other end at, to start this series you're going to have Luke Richardson at, at the helm as as the head guy and, and you would assume if Dominique Ducharme gets those negative tests that he will be behind the bench in games three and four but Luke Richardson still going to be making those decisions ducharme will be involved in in the same capacity that he has been with zoom and and whatnot but yeah it's an interesting matchup here with uh you know some experience in in john cooper and, and the way that he has um coached this team for the past few years um and and luke richardson to start this series who has sort of been thrown into this uh this spot
3: <laughs> with no re- disrespect to uh, any of the the folks behind the Canadians bench John as you no. said John Cooper yeah uh, you'd certainly put the check mark on the Tampa Bay side with respect to uh, coaching um, you know one of the, the best coaches uh, in the league uh, has the experience has an experienced group that's uh, more or less stayed together the last few seasons and and certainly uh, as the defending champs from last year. Um, it, it's it's really an interesting dynamic, and and what a difficult um, uh, challenge it was for the coaching staff for Montreal with uh, you know Sean Burke coming in and having to do the yeah. we talked about it last week a very difficult uh, role in having to to uh, manipulate the the defensive pairs particularly when the third pair doesn't play together. Um, but um, I've I have so much respect for Luke Richardson, and I know uh, the league has woken up to Luke yeah. Richardson. And I'd be shocked if he doesn't get some offers in the off season. Uh, he's been—he um, is a player's coach, and and uh, it was Ben Sherratt that said uh, Richardson is a player's coach, and um, Ben said we'd all go through a wall for Luke. Uh, that, that was that's an amazing ador- endorsement. Yeah. And Luke Richardson has done an absolutely uh, fine job uh, in, in very difficult circumstances, uh, like Kirk Muller did last year. Yep. Uh, but yep. you've got to give Luke Richardson a whole lot of credit for, for uh, bringing the Canadians uh, to the uh, Stanley Cup final
2: absolutely yeah he stepped into as we said a very difficult situation and then he's delivered so uh full credit to him for that so so rick i think when you look at some of the intangibles about this series and you look at it you know from perhaps you know a an experience or leadership perspective i mean the montreal canadians have guys and we made a point of saying this when you look back at who was brought in in the off season whether it be Toffoli, edmondson allen you know, Corey Perry at the end of it, you, you trade for Eric Stahl midseason. they've made a point of going out and getting guys with Stanley Cup experience and, and that sort of intangible that comes out. And like I said, Eric Stahl through 20 games down the stretch of the regular season didn't look like he was going to be a very good, you know, piece for the Montreal Canadiens. It's turned out to be just the opposite. He's been huge. And, you know, you sort of expect that when guys, even as they get older, you expect that to happen, you know, with with guys that have got that Stanley Cup experience. So for the Montreal Canadiens, they now face a team full of guys <laughs> fresh off of that Stanley Cup experience, fresh off of winning together last year. So that sort of intangible, the the leadership, the experience, it's hard not to give that to Tampa Bay.
3: <laughs> it is, um, you know that there is um, there is an advantage that Corey Perry played uh, with Del- with yes. the Dallas Stars played. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay he can be that uh, you know that that source of information Um, and and as you said the the number of players that have been brought in with cup experiences is is really important but there's nothing like um, having gone through that recently with Mm -hmm. a core of players um, who are tight who know each other um it it's um yeah you know where the canadians have have maybe had that leadership uh, advantage and i'm not taking anything away from uh any of the i, I i'm going to i'm i'm going to call it a soft here um and uh and and give the benefit of the doubt to the the Shea webbers uh the yeah. carry price the the uh, Corey perry the eric Stulls. um yeah, but it's it's not a category that uh, that that you'd give hands down to the Canadians mm-hmm. as, as maybe you would have uh, in the previous rounds.
2: Yeah. And I mean, those have got uh, price and Weber have played huge games internationally. So it's not as though they aren't familiar with that type of pressure that comes from those big games but yeah, it is. You know, it, it's 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 an interesting one.
3: And as far as intangibles, uh, then you you look at the atmosphere, and and mm-hmm. uh, certainly Emily Arena, as as uh, John Cooper said, was buzzing. Uh, there was a, a terrific uh, atmosphere inside and outside, uh, th- with their uh, fourteen thousand eight hundred fans inside and plenty outside. Uh, the Canadians certainly had uh, fans on the street, just thirty five hundred inside. Every one of those fans is going to have to sound like 10 for uh, the Montreal, to, to, for the Canadiens uh, uh, fans to create the atmosphere um, needed in in the Bell Center. Um, the other part is, um, I, I I thought it's um, it's interesting that uh, call her a, a good luck charm um, or or what, uh, but Jeanette Renault. Uh, has not been part of this, and and nothing against um, what's his name, Mark uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah. He's been great, um, yeah. But yeah. but there's a certain amount of of, of uh, magicalness um, ab- ab- about uh, Jeanette yeah. Renault and uh, she was contacted um, by QMI and and uh, said she loved to sing the national anthem. Uh, during a Canadians playoff game, particularly the finals, but she has not been contacted since the beginning of uh, of the playoffs. She mm. said, uh, the Canadians, uh, they haven't contacted me, nothing, nothing here. Nobody called me, nobody asked me, nothing, uh, she, <laughs> she said. Um, and she said, you know, that would make me happy. I've always done it for a hot dog, but they've never called me. Um But she's not giving up. She said she's going yeah. to keep singing O Canada daily in order to keep practiced just in case uh, she gets the call. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I know we're talking about uh, we're talking about intangibles. Is Jeanette Renault? Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe she is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's that's it's just bizarre to me that that they wouldn't contact her. But anyways, um, <laughs> Rick, so. You know it, it's gonna be an interesting matchup and, and some quotes that came out today one of which that I liked from Arturi Leckin and the guy that scored the goal that got the Canadians here uh, to be the best you got to beat the best and I don't know if he did a Ric Flair style woo after saying that uh, but <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's an interesting one and, and Steven Stamkos saying this is the best team that we faced, it's the best team that they face so there seems to be some mutual respect to start here and you know I think going back to What the Tampa Bay Lightning must be thinking here, because when you look at the debate about who might be in the mix for the Conn Smite trophy, I mean, for the Montreal Canadiens, I think you start and end the conversation with one guy, and that is Kerry Price. Mm -hmm. And on the other end, if it were to go to anybody on the Tampa Bay Lightning, there's a there's four guys that you could conceivably give that trophy and there wouldn't be any argument. Like, th- this is going to be, you know, as much as there is that mutual respect about this is the best team that we've faced, the best team that they've faced, uh, it's, it's going to come down to presumably if Kerry Price is able to withstand the depth and the firepower of the Tampa Bay Lightning.
3: Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it's Carey price uh, or nothing on the Consmite for the Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there are uh, a number of candidates, and we'll see how the the uh, series plays out. Uh, the final series plays out. For my money, um, uh, Braden Point has been unstoppable yeah. with 14 goals uh, going to the net. His 11 playoff point uh, power play points um he's been um he, he's been incredible the canadians uh, particularly that uh, the four Clydesdales are going to be challenged with uh preventing him from going to where he likes to go uh and where he's uh, been very successful uh in in the first three rounds
2: absolutely yeah it'll be uh, be an interesting thing to see if they can shut them down but Rick going back to the Tampa Bay Lightning and and their thoughts heading into this series I understand that we do have some clips from their side of things as well.
4: I mean we did it all last year It's gonna be a little different this year. Um, you know, I don't know how many fans are gonna be there, but it's uh, They've been on a a great run. I Mean they're gonna get the best team that they've played against so far and we're gonna get the best team that we played against so far I mean you don't get to the finals by by luck. Every every team that gets there deserves it and they've had an unbelievable run. They got obviously a very passionate fan base there and um, it's going to be a a tough grinding series. I mean, I think if anything we can carry over from this series, the the style of play in terms of the defensive aspect that we're going to be going up against, um, you know, uh, an amazing goaltender who's on his game right now. So it's going to be a a huge challenge for us Um, and that's where we, we go back to Um, all the times that we've been in this situation and this core now um, you know, there's guys that this is their third final. So um, we just go back on past experiences and and go from there.
3: That was Steven Stamkos and he, he, he covered all bases there. He, um, you got the full buffet of comments from Steven Stamkos. He covered everything we've been talking about. Uh, uh, He said that, um, that they 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 will be facing uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning will be facing the best team they've played uh, in in the playoffs, and that the Montreal Canadiens will face the best team, uh, best versus best, and that's that's kind of as you uh, said was uh, similar to what uh, Arturi Lekkinen said. Uh, he yeah. expects uh, you know a tough grinding series. Uh, he said their play the playbook uh, for the opposition is not going to change a whole lot because. Uh, he compared the, the Canadian style to uh, the Islanders style, and uh, so they just have to play a similar st- style to uh, uh, against the Canadians. But he said that the Canadians are on a great run. He he recognized that, led by a, 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 an amazing goaltender who's who's on his game. So um he really covered all the points yeah. he also he even covered uh, you know our 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 uh, part about leadership and the fact that uh that uh, their core uh many of the players have been to uh, three finals
2: yeah yeah exactly so they've they've been in this spot before so that's going to be a, a feather in their cap but um andre Vasilevsky, i think has a pretty interesting perspective on this series as well
3: in the final there's uh Always uh, two great teams playing against each other so it'll be a big challenge for b- both teams and uh, yeah Kerry obviously he's a great goalie one of the best yeah, in the NHL so uh, so uh, I'll give him my uh, my best effort for sure just get uh gotta stick stick with the plan and just keep doing what I've done so far <laughs> I like his comments he's he's very yeah. modest. Um, he said that Carey, uh, Carey Price, uh, is a great goaltender, one of the best in the NHL. Um, and I'm going to give him my best effort, uh, which I thought was uh, an interesting <laughs> way of, of presenting that. Um, but that's, that's uh, you know, he's, he's ready for, he knows that uh, uh, this is going to be a challenge. He said that uh, they're going to be facing the best and he's, he's ready uh, to take it on
2: absolutely and and rick we gave the edge and coaching experience simply because john cooper is one of the better coaches in the league um, what did he have to think
0: he's a proud proud french canadian uh, he loved working for the organization there's so many things when we first started here that he brought over there and taught me about how things are run in montreal the class organization that they are i've loved coaching there it's uh you're on the road it's it's my favorite building to be in. It's, it's a phenomenal environment. And because of the rich history that's gone on there, I I think for, for Julian, it'll be a really exciting time for him. Uh, But for us, they're a roadblock and um, we're, we're a determined group to go in there and, and see another team that we haven't played, but it's clear by watching them on, on TV, how good they are and how they've got, their mojo going and and led by their goaltender and it's uh i think it sets up for it's going to be a fun series and i don't know what this is going to go on with fans i i hope they let more fans in there the fans of quebec deserve um they haven't been back since 93 they deserve to watch their team play i i I hope they get in there um because as you saw tonight having fans in the building is a sick environment and uh, this game was meant to be played in front of fans and uh hopefully they get to
3: well, he, he, he yeah. also covered all bases. Uh, yeah. He was ta- at the beginning <laughs> of the clip he was talking about Julian Brisbois, uh, of course, uh, w- w- worked in the Canadians organization um, and, uh, and and now and, and uh, was uh, was the assistant GM uh, related to cap issues and uh, and uh, GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, now uh, GM of uh, following uh, Iserman into the, the GM's uh, role in Tampa and has done a great job. Uh, the interesting part for me here is that John Cooper went on this. Uh, he was very complimentary. He talked about uh, the class organization. He talked about the rich history of, of the Montreal yeah. Canadiens um, and talked about uh, the Bell Centre being uh, his favorite uh, road place to, to coach. And then he got very serious, you know, all these glowing compliments. And then he said, "But they're our roadblock," and yeah. and and kind of they're our roadblock, and we're going to take them down. And we're a very determined group. He got very uh, direct at that point, um, and and then kind of went in a, in an odd direction. He he. This was after he he praised uh, the 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 fan um, injection of emotion into the game in their game seven um, in uh, the Amelie Arena, but then went into uh, the whole business of uh, the number of fans that are going to be led into the Bell Centre and said that uh, he hopes that more Quebecers will get a chance to get into the, the Bell Centre, uh, saying that uh, fans deserve to be there because they've had such a long uh, drought uh, to be in the finals um he talked about hockey as meant uh is a fan sport that fans should be there he he said you know um it's uh, it, it's an was an, inf- uh, an unfortunate uh turn of phrase saying it's a sick environment um and and some would argue that that if more fans are let in there would be but anyway i know how he was using it there is just an unfortunate yeah. uh, turn of phrase uh, but I, I, again, um, a really kind of all over the map response, uh, to a question,
2: yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see heading into this series how all these sort of uh stories unfold. Um, uh, but Rick, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and when we come back. We'll get to the question of the week. What's your prediction for the series and more. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan inc. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs! The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadians fans.
2: And welcome back to episode 142 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, uh, we got some great content coming out at allhabs.net this week, um, including the fan forum on YouTube with Ben, our friend Ben over on the All Habs YouTube account and some great content at allhabs.net as well.
3: Chris G. is going to have his notepad on Monday, a capsule of all the news. In case you've missed anything, there's going to be, obviously, uh, game previews, game recaps for each of the games of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, and as you said, Ben, um, is the, uh, he's he presents our fan opinion uh, on the Habs fan forum on, uh, YouTube, go to YouTube, uh, and search for all Habs and you'll find the Habs fan forum and, uh, Ben's so excited. He's going to come to Montreal for, uh, game three, (laughs) I believe. Uh, yeah, he's, he's excited to be there and soak up, uh, a lot of the, uh, atmosphere.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a great atmosphere, no doubt. So, uh, Rick, I think we turned things over to the question of the week. Um, and over on the All Habs fan page, where you get a lot of interaction on social media, uh, what is the prediction for the series that most fans uh, on the All Habs fan page are commenting?
3: <laughs> the All Habs fan page on Facebook has been a popular destination, and our our uh, our reach has gone to 1.2 million uh, during the playoffs. Uh, the number of of comments are off the charts. Uh, it's it's uh, the place you want to be if you have a Facebook account. Uh, facebook.com slash allhabs uh, that's what you want to be and and Canadians fans are very optimistic about the Stanley Cup final Dave Clark says Montreal in six Uh, Sue Plummer said uh, Habs in six go Habs go Uh, Lynn Fleet said Habs in six but I'm hoping for in five um, to bring the cup Um, and Brandon uh, Bertrand said to be the best you gotta beat the best, and so he's considering uh, many of the comments that we we've um, heard uh, before from uh, from the players. Uh, let me read one more here. Uh, uh, well, uh, two more. Curtis Boudelier says Habs in seven in overtime. So he's being ah. very dramatic. Uh, Cindy Ashman says, uh, "Stay calm and carry on." She's putting her faith in Carey Price.
2: Okay, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if any of those come to fruition. Uh, it's always fun to make a prediction. I don't know if I'll, if I'll take part in a, in a <laughs> prediction this time around. I don't think I did last time, so I think I'll just keep that going and, uh, <laughs> and not participate in predictions. But, Rick, uh, games 1, 2, and 3 this week going uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, so the Stanley Cup, it's, it's going to be up for grabs in this series. And the Montreal Canadiens are a part of it. And uh, again, it's uh, bizarre to say, but uh, here we are.
3: This is exciting. This is uh, exciting for uh, those who have st- seen a Stanley Cup final before. Uh, we have some on our staff. We have plenty on the, uh, in our uh, fan base, in our listeners uh, but we also have just as many who, like yourself who have never mm-hmm. seen a Stanley Cup final before. Uh, there's lots of those on our team and and in in the fan base. Uh, it's going to be exciting. As as uh, uh, Shea Weber said, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 35 or even older than that. Uh, you're uh, you're you're going to be excited by this Stanley Cup final. It's a whole different. Uh, time of year Uh, the playoffs are a different time of year but the finals are a completely different uh, kettle of fish and the your montreal canadians are there for the first time in 28 years so enjoy every single bit of it Uh, also enjoy your your canada day celebrations happy canada day to all of our our listeners Uh, stay safe stay well uh and enjoy some wonderful hockey
2: Absolutely. And we're going to be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens, including the Stanley Cup final. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.